Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. So we're starting a new sermon series today that I'll get to in just a second, but our reading that goes with it is from Matthew chapter 7. And we don't often read this verse in church. It's not a part of the lectionary, uh, but I love it. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them underfoot and turn and maul you. But this part you know. Ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? Now, we often kind of unpack this as like asking for things of God, but, but I, I prefer to read this as like searching to grow deeper in our journey of faith. God will lead us if we ask. And I want to go back, though, to that first part. Do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine or they will trample them underfoot and turn and maul you. I, I, what I love about this verse is just the imagery that Jesus uses. Like, like I wanted so bad to have a pig here <laughs> and to have some pearls and just start going and see what happens, right? Like what... Like, are you tempted to throw your pearls before pigs before Jesus said this? Probably not. But what is Jesus getting at? And I think he uses swine and dogs as kind of a, a metaphor for, for different stages of people in their faith life. Like, like they they're, they're haven't yet tried to grow in terms of faith, so why would you take the, the huge golden image of the gospel and just throw it at them? It's like there have to be stages for their advancement in terms of faith life. And so we're going to explore over the next six weeks this book. And hopefully you've seen us advertising it on social media, Do I Stay Christian by Brian McLaren. And uh, there's some really great things in here that's going to challenge us. And so uh, I'll get to the book in a second. But what I want to do is I want to start with these two questions. And I don't know when the last time you've tried to explore these two questions in your own faith life is, but I think they're important things for us to come back to. The first one is, why are you here? Here, at peace. Why are you here? And maybe for some of you, it's because mom and dad dragged me. <laughs> maybe for some of you, it's just what you do. Just, just been a part of here, so I keep coming. Maybe for some of you, it's because of the people, but why ultimately are you here? And here's a more profound question. Why are you, if you are, a Christian? Just because it's what you were raised? Have you ever challenged yourself with that question? Why am I a Christian? And it's an important question to try to process through, especially in today's world where so many people now, as you've seen in the news, are choosing not to be, or choosing to be 
spiritual but not religious. That's a common phrase now. Not a part of a church, but I love Jesus. So we're going to explore some of this through this book, and um, I'm going to ask a couple things of you as we start. Today's kind of an introduction to it, and I want to start by saying, here's what I hope you will do. Stay curious. Be curious through this. Keep an open mind, because I'm going to guess there are people in your lives who you're close to that have chosen not to be a part of faith, whether it's a family member, a spouse, a child, People in your life, and maybe it's you, maybe you're here and you're struggling with this, keep an open mind because there are good things that we're going to explore that uh, are some truths about the not-so-prettiness of our faith and our history. So the worst thing you can do through this series is, is, as we talk about people wrestling with things, for you to have an attitude of, well, they're just stupid. Because that's not going to lead us anywhere. So stay open. Now, there are three sections of this book, and we're going to focus on the last section through this series, and I'll tell you why. The first section is, no, don't stay Christian. And it goes through all sorts of things, and they're, they're definitely truths. And I encourage you, if you haven't got the book already and you, you want to explore this, get the book and go through it. There's lots of things in the why, don't, why shouldn't I stay Christian section. Things like, uh, we've been not very nice to our uh, longtime relatives, Jewish people. There's been a lot of anti-Semitism in our history. Even our own founder wrote some nasty stuff about our Jewish brothers and sisters. So that's one reason not to stay a part of the faith. The other is we've suppressed a lot of things. We all know this. We've suppressed sexual abuse or pedophilia. We've, we've covered up a lot of things in the name of faith. And, and uh, we also have a lot of control issues. As Christians have grown in strength in terms of government and things like that, we can control a lot of things. And that's not always a positive Another interesting no that I I found, he did a whole chapter on money. And it's not like you think, not that you come to church and we're always asking for money, although that is a turnoff for a lot of people. It's the fact that money often controls what's said in churches. So leaders are afraid to speak up about uh, difficult social issues because money might walk out the door. And so that's a problem for a lot of people. And there, there are a number of different things of, of why we should leave Christianity. A whole section on that. There's a whole section on why should we stay? Why should we be a part of Christianity? And it, he, Brian McLaren mentions things like, uh, because we still do good things. I, I hope you see that here at Peace. We do a lot of good things here. We support a lot of great causes, and it is your money that goes to support these causes and your works. And so we still do a lot of good things in the Christian faith. Other things are, uh, where else would I go? (laughs) This is what I do, so where else would I go and be a part of a community? And there's also another positive is uh, we have some solidarity it's good when we come together over certain core issues and we, we let it be known that we stand for this. And then one of my favorite chapters in the yes section was, well, we've got a really cool founder. <laughs> we love Jesus. 
And it's easier to, I think, in my opinion, easier to love Jesus when we're a part of a community that comes together to explore what it means to follow Jesus. So those are the first two sections. And the reason we're not really going to spend time in those two sections during this series is because we're going to explore the last section, which is how do I stay a Christian? And I think that it pulls in a lot of those first two sections. And so we're going to focus on, so I want to stay Christian. How do I do it in the midst of all of this? wherever I am in my faith journey. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at this chapter that talks mostly about stages of faith. Now, all through life, we go through stages. I have a granddaughter named Nora who uh, is in her pushing twos, and she uh, is in this stage now where she's talking just certain words, but she mostly has her own language. And, but one word she knows without question is this, no. And so the, the way, and, and this happens all the time when she doesn't get what she wants right now, it, no. And, and so the way that her mom and her aunt and grandma get through this is they know it's a stage. It'll probably last about 18 years. <laughs> And then she'll move on to something else. We go through stages in life. I, I went through a stage once. I'll, I'll put a picture here. There's me and my grandma, who's no longer with us. But this is when I was a counselor at Camp Moana. And that's my cabin behind me. And I call this my hair stage. <laughs> I, like to, I like to encounter people who have big curly hair and remind them that this might not be your reality for all of your life. <laughs> I wish I had that now. But yeah, so we go through stages. So you go into your 30s and 40s, and, and it's a stereotype, but it often is the truth. We go through workaholism stages where we're trying to build our resume and go up the, the, the work ladder and, and keep improving ourselves. We work harder, and then our 40s and 50s, we go through anxiety over things like wrinkles and weight. <laughs> and then in our, uh, beyond those years, we might go through anxiety of being empty nesters or figuring out retirement plans and then eventually figuring out end-of-life uh, issues and things that we wrestle. We always go through stages in life. So why would our spiritual life be any different? Our spiritual development, we go through stages of it. And each stage brings benefits, and each stage hopefully leads us onto another stage in terms of our faith life. So in the book, Brian McLaren references Richard Rohr. Some of you might be familiar with the Catholic priest and scholar Richard Rohr, and he says that there are, he defines it as two stages in our faith life. The first one is first half of life he calls dualism, and this is in terms of faith. Dualism. We see everything as this or that. So good versus bad. There's good versus evil in the world, and, and we've got to represent the good. And there's us versus them. There's safe versus dangerous, friend versus foe. We have enemies, and of course I'm right and they're wrong. There's winners and losers. There's clean and dirty. There's everything is either or. There's not a lot of room for gray. It's black and white. And this is kind of an entry-level faith according to Brian McLaren. Now, the second half of life, uh, we develop new skills, especially the skill of no longer seeing 
non-dual, or we develop the skill of being non-dual, I should say. So we don't just see things as black and white. We make room for gray. We realize there's more to the story. We see things as whole. Everything's interrelated. And I love this last line. Reality defies easy judgments to which God is present. So our, our first half of life, we might judge things quickly. Our second half of life, a deeper stage of faith is we're, we're slower to judge because we realize that there's more to it and everything's connected. With me so far? Okay. Now, Rob Bell, one of my favorite authors and speakers, he, he defines it differently. He, he goes to three stages of our faith life. The first stage is me. Everything is me. It's my faith, my salvation, my freedom, my religion, my growth, my world, my job, whatever it is, it's all me. Then as we go a little deeper into our faith, somewhere along the way, hopefully we evolve into we. And this becomes our, our faith, our denomination, our church. And the good thing about this stage is it leads us into some social justice. So we might stand up for a cause or, or, or become solid solidarity with each other. Um, and then hopefully we eventually get to the third stage, which is like Richard Rohr said, it's everybody and everything. Everything is connected. It's not just us here at Peace Lutheran. It's everyone, everything. Everything in our world somehow is related. It's the way God created it to be. So it's kind of interesting to process these different ways of thinking as we grow and journey in our faith. So it often can be compared to a tree. If you look at this image of a tree and you, you know the rings that each season it develops a new ring, it never gets rid of the old ring. It doesn't cast that out. It's a part of the new growth. So in our faith life, we're always growing. We're advancing out, hopefully growing wiser, more open, more uh, aware of the world around us. And, and we still have what was there before, but now we've added onto it and we continue to grow. There was this Saint, uh, Saint Hildegard that said, when we're born, we have this fold-up tent within us of wisdom in terms of faith. And as we mature, we eventually start unfolding more sections of the tent. Now, the original tent is still, still there, but we unfold different sections and we allow more to come within it. I think that's an interesting image to think about. So in the book, then, Brian McLaren has a chart, and I'm going to reduce this chart down for simplicity's sake, but he uh, has many categories in it, but to kind of, just for our time here today, I'll show you six of them. So the first one is this, moving from focusing on right and wrong, remember that, me and, and the dualism, it's either that or this, to inclusion and transcendence, opening up that tent, keeping keeping it more open and understanding, realizing that everything's connected. Go on to the next slide. Moving from authority figures who are leaders who know and teach right answers to fallible people like you and me. At Peace Lutheran Church, we've got this one down. <laughs> if you don't think Tony and I are fallible, you haven't been paying attention. But we know what this is saying, right? Like lead, we've, we've seen leaders in churches who, who tell you exactly what to think 
who tell you this is the way, if you're gonna be a person of faith, it's this, this, and this. And some people are super attracted to that. And there's a time and a place maybe for that, but in my opinion, going on towards, we're exploring this together. And we're gonna make mistakes. And we don't have all the answers. And being able to say that and say, I could be wrong. There's something more profound in that journey than just being told what to do. All right, go on to the next one. Moving from a life that is a war, us versus them. We've got an election coming up. We're gonna take you down. To life is a gift. Doesn't that just feel totally different? Don't, if, if your life right now is a war, that feels tense as opposed to saying, get to live this life. This is a gift given to us by God. All right, next slide. Moving from a sense, or from belonging being a sense of, I am a part of the good, right, true group, to I am seeking understanding, connection, common good, even with opponents. I wrestle with this one. And I have to keep pulling myself back to trying to be on the, on the other side of this because I like to think we've got this pretty much figured out, peace. We're, our brand of Lutheranism and the way we see things, we're pretty much right. So I always need to push myself over toward, you know what? There's a lot of growth that happens when we connect with people who think differently, even people who we don't really like, right? That's what it's calling us to do. All right, next one. Moving from mistakes, our moral failures and disobedience to an inevitable part of learning and growing. One of my favorite terms ever since I started in ministry is fail forward, and man, have I done it. But it allows us freedom to try things and go. But then you learn and you grow and it advances us forward. If we're, if we're afraid to try things in the church, then we're not advancing. It's a part of growing and learning. And we don't always have to seal that, see that as moral failures or you're being disobedient to the faith. All right, next one. Moving from an attitude of doubt is a failure or a weakness to doubt is a necessary part of life, a portal Listen to that, a portal from one stage to another. Doubt sometimes is the key to leading us to deeper understanding of our faith. One of my favorite, I think some of you were there, my favorite pub theology years ago was we did a doubt night where I just, every table was encouraged to put down a list of what what in your faith do you actually have doubts about? And we provided an open honest atmosphere to do this and say it's okay put it down on paper and then each table then made their statement of doubt here are the doubts that we've wrestled with in our faith but then at the end what everyone agreed on is we still want to stay in it even with this we want to stay in it and there's something profound about that what if what if your doubts aren't aren't leading you away from the faith what if they're leading you into a deeper understanding of the faith. There's two last things I want to say. One is all too often we see people in the church who leave it because they're struggling with something. What if that struggle and that tension is actually the birth pangs inside of you that's saying, I need to go deeper in this? 
I need to go from this stage of meism, weism, first half of life to second stage, to a different place. Let me close with the last words from the chapter we're focusing on today. Brian McLaren writes this. You're a human being on a human journey of growth and development. Whether you stay Christian or not, you have miles to go before you sleep. And the same is true of everyone else. If you can hold that simple realization with empathy for yourself and for others, you may feel walls dropping away and new possibilities opening in all directions. Hopefully this series is going to challenge you. <laughs> I know it will challenge me. So let's go on that journey together. Amen.